Hello beloved and welcome to this evening's message where we are going to continue to look at some Bible prophecy and um, there are certainly things that we need to know and one of the things is that we should not take part in the unfruitful works of darkness but rather we should expose them. So to be able to expose the unfruitful works of darkness it means that we need to go to to the world, what's happening in the world. So at the end of the day, we'll be able to say to one another, listen, this is works of darkness. And then other works are just, how can I say, basic stuff. But we need to look at it from a biblical perspective, from what scripture has to say to us. Now, before we continue, um, I would like to share a passage with you in John chapter 15, verse 18 uh, and on onwards. And then I would like us to, to look at an article that, that really touched me. So let's uh, bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love and kindness towards us. Thank you for the privilege that we have to come to you and to, to speak to you, uh, whether it's day or night, because you never slumber and you never sleep. And Father, thank you so much that we can trust you with all of our lives, that we can, um, how can I say, take your word, read your word, and learn from you, from your word, because your word gives us direction and uh, it's so amazing because it's inspired by you. Thank you that you equip, equip us through your word to, to live godly lives, but also thank you for showing us through prophecy what is going to happen and what will happen and that we can prepare ourselves and be ready when certain things happen. As we pray in Jesus' precious name, amen. Right, the passage I would like to share with you is John chapter 15. We're going to start with verse 18. Just going to work our way through it, through these verses, just um, for a moment, and then we can go to the article. Now, <clears throat> John chapter fifteen, verse eighteen says, "If the world hates you, you know that it hates me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you." Just those two verses for now. Now, Jesus is actually stating a fact here. So it's not really prophecy in the sense of prof uh, prophetic words that tells us about the future, that's what's going to happen in the future. But beloved, it's for certain that what Jesus is speaking about here is relevant even today. It's happening. The world hates us. The world hates uh, the church, the world hates God, the world hates Christians, the world hates anything that is, uh, how can I say, when we talk about uh, biblical Christianity, they hate it. The world hates godliness. The world hates to be, their they sin hates to be exposed. They hate it when we expose their sin. And as I said it to somebody the other day, or I can't remember who it was, I, I said, oh, what, what, it wasn't a funeral. Uh, I said to the people that were at the funeral, I said, it's interesting how why the world hates us. And why the world would hate Christians, and f specifically the Thessalonian believers. One of the reasons why they were hated was just because they exposed the people's sin. And it's not a question of, you know, let me see what kind of sin people do, and then I, I speak against it. No. All we need to do is to take the Bible, read the Bible, and read where it speaks about sin, obviously, and then tell people about what the Bible says. And as we do that, People will listen to you and they will hear the sin that they are involved in. And immediately what happens is they get upset. They get very, very upset. And that's the reality. 
But it's interesting what Jesus says. He says, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. All right. So what happens is Jesus Christ is basically our example, obviously. He is our Lord. He's our king. He's our master. He's the one that is in absolute control. It's interesting that Jesus has all authority, but still the world hated him. In fact, um, Jesus came to his own. He came to the, to, to the nation of Israel. He came to his own people, and they rejected him. They didn't even want him, even though he was their Messiah. And he showed that he was their Messiah through the things that he did. But they rejected him. But when it comes to the world hating uh, us, there's a reason for it. And he says, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So the reason why the world hates us as believers, why they hate our message, why they hate the one that we worship, and why they hate everything about Christ and the gospel is because they hated Jesus already before they started hating us. You see, he says it so beautifully, if we were of this world, which means if we were doing the same things the world did and we acknowledge the things of the world and we love the things of the world and we do the things of the world and we, we kind of just, you know, fade in. We look like the world. And that's unfortunately happening in many churches today. Ne? That many, many believers in many, many churches, unfortunately, look just like the world. So they fade in. You can't see the difference between the world and the church. All right. So Jesus says, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. So if you were doing the things of the world, why do you think that it is that certain Christians or certain people that profess to know Jesus Christ are never persecuted? They, they never get into trouble or they never get persecuted. They never get, uh, yeah, nothing is done against them. It's as if the world loves them. Those who compromise on TV, for example, when they speak about certain serious biblical issues, but they talk about it like we can say wishy-washily, they accept it by the world. They're invited to, 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 to TV programs and news programs over and over and over and over again. And why? Because they compromise. Okay, so if you compromise with the world, the world will love you. Now Jesus says, yet because you are not of this world or of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Okay, so we are not of the world. And because we are not of the world, the world hates us. Beloved, the, the world doesn't want to know that there's a, an eternity waiting for us. And the only way that we can get into eternity is by faith in Jesus Christ and repentance of sin. To turn away from my sin and to follow after Christ. They don't want to hear that. Okay, now, verse 20 says, Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So why don't the world listen to what we have to say? Why don't the world listen to the preaching of the word? The preaching of the gospel. Well, the gospel is the good news. Why don't the world want to listen to it? They don't because they wouldn't even keep the words of Jesus Christ, the Son of God when he was on this earth, the second person of the Trinity who became flesh. They won't even, wouldn't even listen to him while he was on this earth. 
but rather they persecuted him. Remember that Jesus was innocent. Jesus wasn't a criminal. Yet, when they crucified him, he was placed among the criminals. Okay? So, now Jesus says that a servant is not greater than his master. And, and that's a fact. How can we as servants of the Lord Jesus Christ be greater than him? He was persecuted. If the world does not accept the one that has all authority in heaven and earth, the King of kings and Lord of lords, if they don't accept him, why would they accept us? Why would they, the, the world listen to us as his servants if they didn't, wouldn't even listen to him as the master, as, as, as uh, the second person of the Trinity, him who, he who is God and who is coming back as a judge um, in this world, uh, to this world? Why would they listen to us if they wouldn't listen to him? Now, if they persecuted Jesus, Jesus said, they will also persecute you. And, and this is prophetic. There's a prophetic word. You see, when Jesus says in verse 20 of John 15, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So Jesus is saying that persecution is going to come to God's people. And why? To Christians, to believers, to children of God. Why would it come? Because they persecuted Jesus. And because they persecuted Jesus, they will also persecute us as his servants, as his children, as believers. Now, verse 21 says, But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. And that is because they do not know him who sent me. So they do not know the Almighty God, yeah? the Father. They don't know him. And Jesus is speaking here as, remember, he was the God-man. Yeah? 100% God, 100% man at the same time. So Jesus here is speaking in as the incarnate Christ. He's, the, he's God incarnate when he speaks here. Right, so if he says in verse 21, but all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, it is because of the name of Jesus Christ and what who Jesus Christ is and what he stands for and what uh, is said in the Bible, the revelation about him. That's why they will persecute us for his name's sake. If you name, let's say you talk about God all the time, whatever you say, just you can test this among people. You go into a group of people, let's say people that are worldly, people that are, let's say, doing the, the sinful stuff, and you can stand among them and you can say things and talk about God and you will find that they won't become hostile towards you. It's amazing. Um, even drunk people, they love to talk about God. It's it's their, you know, I think it's their pastime. I remember when I was uh, before I, I, I had a desire to become an elder and I was still, um, you know, having a drink now and then. Uh, I haven't had a drink since 1989, so it's been a long time. But when I was at uh, places, I would listen to people who, who had a few drinks, especially when I was in the army. And it's amazing how they would become very religious, if I can call it that, where they wanted to talk religion. But it's very interesting how they would they would talk and say 
God this and God that, and they would use the name of God. But the moment you share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the moment you use the name Jesus Christ, it's amazing how they become hostile towards you. That's what I found, especially later on when I would, we would go to, to a place where they have a braai or whatever and um, people would be drinking and sometimes people would get drunk and whatever. And the moment you start talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, if you open up your mouth and the name Jesus Christ comes over your lips, it's amazing how hostile the people become. You see, the things that happens to us when we are persecuted, when people look down on us, when people hate us, when people don't want to hear what we have to say, when people kind of reject us and all these kind of things, it happens for the name of Jesus Christ's sake. Because it's the name of Jesus Christ that offends people. Because in the name of Jesus Christ, obviously we're talking here about the king, eh? which means that people must submit to his kingship. They must submit to the fact that he's master of all. He's Lord. And people refuse. They don't want to submit to Jesus as king. No, they want to do their own thing. They want to continue in their worldliness and their their love for the things that they do. They want to do those things. Right. So he says, all these things they will do to you for my name's sake. It's because we name the name of Jesus Christ, because we stand for Jesus Christ, because we proclaim Jesus Christ. Okay, And the reason for that is, why don't they accept Jesus? Why won't they allow, um, how can I say, others to teach them about Jesus? It's because they don't know the Father. They don't know God. In fact, they hate God. They don't want anything to do with God. And because they reject God, they reject God the Father, they also reject the Son. Okay. Now, Jesus continues, he says, if I had come, if I had not come and spoken to them, listen to this, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. So what happened was when Jesus came to this earth, what did he come to reveal? He come to re- came to reveal what the human heart actually looks like. Right? So basically, Jesus revealed the sin. He he, he brought it into the open. And people hate that. That's a reality. They hate it. They, you, you, you should not, um, how can I say, reveal people's sin. Talk about stuff. You can talk about um, sinful things and whatever and say, oh, yeah, yeah, those things are bad and those things are not good and whatever. And these, Have you heard about the people in America? They do this and this and this. But just don't reveal the sin of the person standing in front of you or the people standing in front of you. The moment you do that, they will hate you. They can't handle it. They they, they hate it, absolutely. But Jesus says in verse 23 of John chapter 15, He who hates me hates my Father also. So obviously, those who hate Jesus hates the Father. Beloved, and it's true with us as well as God's people. Those who hate us hates Jesus and they hate the Father. Because we are the representatives of Christ on this earth. Né? And so if they hate us, clearly they are showing that they hate Jesus. And if they hate Jesus, clearly they're showing that they hate the Father. That's how it works. And, and 
how is it more clear or clearer than when they persecute us for Jesus' sake? You see, it's just one of those heartbreaking things that we realize. You know what? There are so many people being persecuted all over the world. And the reason why they get persecuted is because they speak the truth. They, they, well, obviously, they use the name of Jesus Christ, and they speak the truth, and they love the Lord, and they speak about it. And, and the world just hates them for it. But we know that they hated Christ first. And Jesus said, we will be persecuted. Now, there's an article that says that Christians face, faced record levels of violence, or violent attacks, sorry. Um, we fa- Christians faced record level of violent attacks in 2023. That's last year, no? The International Christian Persecution Watchdog uh, Group, Open Doors, warned in its latest annual report about a dramatic increase in violence against Christians and places of worship worldwide, as nearly 5,000 Christians were killed for their faith. That's in 2023. The article continues to say that Open Doors, an organization that monitors persecution and support the church in over 60 countries, released uh, its World Watch list uh, 2024 uh, on Wednesday, last Wednesday, documenting trends and ranking the 50 worst countries in the world when it comes to Christian persecution. And that's one of the wonderful things about Open Doors is the fact that they, they bring out this World Watch list where you can see who is the the country, which countries are the countries where Christians are persecuted the most? Now, according to the data, at least 13 Christians were killed uh, for their faith per day in 2023. Think about this: 13 Christians per day were killed for their faith. Now, that's on average. And they say with 4,998 Christians killed in the World Watch List 2024 yearly. A reporting period that ended in September the 30 on September the 30th 2023 so up to September the 30th 2023 4998 Christians were killed according to this watch list Th- that that's heartbreaking that's sure that's serious the report continues, or the article continues to say that at least 14,766 churches and Christian properties were attacked worldwide during that time. With Open Doors reporting a sevenfold increase in attacks on churches and Christian run schools, hospitals, and seminaries. That, that's, that's significant, a sevenfold increase in attacks on churches, Christian run schools, hospitals, and seminaries. There's a quote that says that um, attacks on churches and Christian properties skyrocketed in 2023 as more Christians than ever recorded faced violent attacks, the report stated from um, Open Doors. Open Doors warns that more than 365 million or one in seven Christians will face high levels of persecution for their faith. Now, there was an interview with um, Ryan Brown. He's the CEO of Open Doors in the United States of America. 
Um, and he speculated that one of the reasons for the increase in violence against Christians is that the persecutors, or the perpetrators, sorry, they feel that they can act with, without any fear of uh, repercussions. While things may differ depending on the country where you are at, Brown called on governments in these regions to protect Christians, including uh, through laws that they may already have on their books that try to protect Christians as far as possible. But it's interesting what he says, that the perpetrators just feels that they can act without fear of any repercussions because it is as if Christians are becoming like, let's call it fair game, which means you can hunt them down, you can persecute them, nothing's going to happen to you because Christians maybe just like Jews, are not seen as human beings. Maybe it's going to become an increasing thing where, where um, it seems as if uh, when they look at Christians, they, they don't see people. Uh, people with, uh, with families, with um, normal people, but they rather see them as inhuman. And, and they make up things so that the Christians l- seem to be inhuman. It's like the I'm going to say some of the um, accusations that was brought against Christians that they they drink blood, you know, like witches and all these kind of things. Because in communion, uh, the 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 grape juice is uh, is said to be the blood of Christ, or representing the blood of Christ. But beloved, this is the reality that we find. It's absolutely heartbreaking to to hear that uh, persecution among Christians are increasing. But didn't Jesus say it was going to happen? Didn't Jesus say that the world uh, will hate us because they hated him first? Didn't Jesus say that uh, they persecuted him first and uh, we will also be persecuted? Now, as the leader, the the article continues, it says, As the leader of the watchdog group noted... Jesus warned Christians repeatedly that they would face hatred and abuse for their faith. It's ironic, in an, this is a quote, it's ironic, but we actually see the fingerprints of Christ all over this, Brown said. What the enemy would intend for evil actually has the opposite effect. In many cases, it both emboldens and strengthens the church in those contexts. And that's so it's amazing that the church grows and the church gets stronger uh, even though they are persecuted. Now, according to the watch list, North Korea was again ranked number one as the country where Christians face the greatest difficulty in practicing their faith. Open Door says that becoming Christian in, uh, or Christian in North Korea is uh, effectively a death sentence. Because they will be deported to a labor camp or as political criminals. Or they will be killed on the spot. So how in the world will you go to a labor camp as a political criminal because you serve Jesus Christ? See, the problem with all your dictators are the same. It's exactly the same problem. They want to stay in power as strong and power, how can I say, as long as possible. And if you come along and you say that Jesus Christ is Lord, that means he's king. He is supreme in authority. He has ultimate authority. Ah, these 
uh, how can I say, these dictators just can't take it. So you become a political criminal. If you serve Jesus Christ, if you preach in the name of Jesus Christ, if you have fellowship with other fellow believers, uh, what they do is they make a law and says you forbidden to do it. And if you do it, they lock you up as a as a criminal. Now, it, the, the article says that meeting for worship, this is now North Korea, is almost impossible. It must be done in utmost secrecy and at grave risk. Open Door states um, in a North Korea fact sheet that in May 2023, five members of a family were arrested as they gathered for prayer and Bible study. Christian literature was also confiscated and the group had reportedly been meeting on a weekly basis and their arrest followed a tip-off by an informant. So an informant uh, basically tipped off the government and the government came in and then arrested the five people who were just having Bible study and prayer. Beloved, it's, it's heartbreaking. But it's unfortunately the reality. Now when we come to Africa, Open Doors also highlighted the violence against Christians in sub-Saharan countries. Where 26 countries in this region ranked at or above high levels of persecution. 15 of the 26 sub-Saharan countries with scores at or above high were ranked extremely high uh, in the violence subcategory. Which means that 15 out of the 26 countries where it is hard to be a Christian, it's tough, where persecution is rampant, uh, it is the, the violence is extremely high. Beloved, and the reality is that the violence against Christians are just becoming worse and worse. And why? Because Jesus told us to turn the other cheek. Jesus told us to walk the extra mile, which means that Christians become very easy targets for extremist group, uh, we call it extremist groups, but for groups of people who, who has such a hatred for God and for the church and for Christians, that Christians are easy target because Christians do not retaliate. Christians, they defend themselves, but inverted commas, they would rather turn the other cheek. So beloved, this is a reality, the absolute reality that we that we face. And the thing is that Jesus Christ, he warned us. He warned us that these things would happen. It's not a question of um, will it happen? Will we see it? No, the thing is it is happening as we speak. If we talk about 2023 and on average 13 people per per day was uh, was killed, died for their faith. 13 people per day. That's a lot of people. We might think, oh, statistically it's not that much. Beloved, the Christian community is not a big community. It's not a massive, massive, massive community. So this is the reality. This is the reality. Now, Jesus said, do not take part or take no part, Jesus Paul says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. One of the works of darkness that needs to be exposed is the fact that there are countries in the world where Christians are persecuted. There are groups in the world that hates Christians and would 
destroy Christians in an eye, you know, in a blink of an eye. They really don't care. And those are all works of darkness. That's the devil working in people, and we know that's the way it works. That the devil works inside of people or in people, and he gets them and he deceives them to basically do his bidding, to do what he wants. And that's the reality. That's unfortunately the reality. Jesus said we would be hated by the world, we will be persecuted by the world, and that's exactly what's happening to God's people. So, beloved, in a, in a sense, we need to always be prepared, always be ready, because we don't know when persecution might come our way. We can pray and say, please, Lord, may we live in safety in our country, and we pray for the government that uh, you undertake that the government will continue to be peaceful and that we will have religious freedom in this country. But, beloved, at the end of the day, the prophecy of Jesus will come into fulfillment. It will happen. And, and not because we have anything to do with it. We believers, that's, what, that's who we are. But because Jesus said it, and because he said it, it will happen. Because everything that he says is Yah and Amen. It will happen. So my suggestion is that we all prepare ourselves and be ready. When we are persecuted, as long as it's because of our faith in Jesus Christ and not because we've done wrong, and then we can go and say, oh, I've been persecuted. No, if you do wrong, then things need to happen. We need to, how can I say, there needs to be repercussions for the wrong things that we do. But if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we worship Him and we get together as a church to to worship and if we get together to pray and if we sing together and and we do what is right and we evangelize the world and we preach the gospel, the good news, and we are persecuted for the sake of Christ, know that Jesus said it before. And it's fulfillment of prophecy. It just tells us that what Jesus said is true, that he is, he is, or he can be trusted. What he said is true, and there's so many things that he said. So, beloved, may the Lord really help us that you and I can prepare ourselves and be ready for persecution because it is increasing worldwide. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can learn from what is happening in the world and prepare ourselves. And then also, not just what's happening in the world, but what's happening in the world is actually confirmation of what you said in, the, in your word. Because your word is truth. And we thank you, Father, that you've um, warned us ahead of time that we will be persecuted, that we will be hated by the world because they hated Christ first. So, Father, please prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, prepare us to be able to take persecution when it comes. But at the end of the day, Father, we desire that your name be glorified and that even the persecution that we go through, that it will be to your glory. But Father, we pray for peace. We pray for peace in South Africa. We pray for the South African government that we will be able to continue to, to peacefully um, gather together as believers and to preach the gospel and, and to continue to worship you and listen to your word and uh, have fellowship with one another. We pray, Father, please. Uh, that's all we can do is to pray and to trust you and ask you. But when persecution comes, please enable us to stand firm 
to be strong and to continue to stand for the truth and to glorify you in all things and not to forsake you, but to stand for the truth, to stand for, for who we are in Christ. Enable us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time when we take on uh, maybe prophecy or anything else, but may the Lord be with you and bless you. And let's continue to pray for our brothers and sisters in the persecuted countries, with, uh, specifically North Korea, but also the other countries and Sub-Saharan Africa. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters that God will have mercy on the governments, have mercy on their persecutors, and that they will come to faith in Christ and realize that what they've done is wrong, but also that those who are being persecuted, those who die for their faith, Father, that it will be a stronger people, that it will be a strong witness, uh, and, and uh, that people will come to salvation, even through their, uh, through their suffering. Let's pray for them. All right. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.